This week, I'm covering an absolutely gruesome and devastating string of murders where eight victims were killed in four different locations on the same night, and all the victims were somehow related. This was an avoidable destruction of a prominent family who was said to have been God-fearing and great members of their community. As this unfolds, people in this small town called Peebles, Ohio, would learn much more about their neighbors than they ever wanted to know. It's a small town nightmare come to life and has so many twists and turns, it is absolutely insane. It took several years, but the murderers were finally be caught, and the amount of preparation and planning they took will blow your mind. This is the story of the Pike County Massacre. Well, hello, lovelies. Hello, hello, hello. We missed you. We did miss you. It's kind of weird because you guys got an episode like every week, but we actually skipped a week again. Yeah, I was on uh, a cruise. Yeah. We went on a cruise early because I'm going to be 40 next week. So when this... Oh, it is next week. Yeah. (gasps) When this this airs, it'll be on the 9th and my birthday is the 10th. So happy early birthday to me. Yeah, happy birthday. So we went on a cruise, and so we recorded a couple episodes, and then we had an extra one in there. Yeah. And so we took last week off. Yeah. So So. we've missed you more than you've missed us. (laughs) Right, yeah. Essentially. I do apologize for the late um, social media uploads. I Like, we recorded them, and they were ready to go, and I just kind of wrote off life after that, (laughs) and then realized two weeks in a row that I was like, oh, I didn't do anything, so... Well, and I didn't even check the social media because I was gone, and so I didn't even know. Yeah. She came to my house today and told me, and I was like, oh, didn't even, didn't even realize yeah. that happened. Yeah. So we're, that's good. We're keeping, we're keeping true to our hot mess. Yes. <laughs> so, sorry. Speaking of hot mess. Oh, so, so bad. So I have to tell you guys, <laughs> and hopefully some of you can relate. Hopefully I'm not the only dummy who has done this, but. No. First of all, we always talk about how what, like what a mess we are and mm-hmm. how we do not have stuff together. No. And if you didn't believe us by now, <laughs> this is just f- further proof of that. So first of all, I started using this new cream on my face. I didn't even tell you this. Oh, no. And it's this, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 40. So I'm like, well, I'm starting to get these little age spots. Sorry. Starting to get these little age spots. <laughs> fine wrinkles and so i started this new cream and of course i prescribe this all the time so i knew the side effects but i didn't really think about it it's a prescription cream yes for wrinkles yeah well it's for like more like skin tone okay so yeah if you want the hookup i'll give it to you but um anyways but it makes your face peel initially and i didn't realize that so i put it on right before we went on our cruise and like I get 
we're driving because we had to drive to California and I'm driving and my whole face is like peeling off and I could like I didn't put the two and two together. Yeah. I was like, I haven't even been in the sun yet. Like what is happening? <laughs> so I'm like scrubbing everything off. So then I stopped using the cream while we were on our cruise because I just didn't take that much skincare stuff with me. And then I got back and the peeling process had stopped and I put the cream on again and I started peeling again. So I was like, oh, oh. So this whole week, I'm seeing patients and everything in the office, and my whole face is, like, peeling Falling off. off. Luckily, everyone just thought I got sun, and it was, like, yeah, peeling perfect. from being in Mexico. Yeah, perfect. But our cruise was not warm. Yeah. It was freezing cold. I don't think I got any sun the I whole time I was there. It was 65 degrees in yeah. Mexico. It was, like, the high was 65, and it was windy and rainy and just terrible. But yeah, we had a good time anyways, but... Yeah. Anyway, so before our cruise, I started using some Nair, like, hair removal cream on my legs, and I did my bikini area. And I haven't used this since I was, like, I think I tried it once, like, in high school. I've never had good results with Nair, so, yeah, like, on so my legs. So I I've didn't never... either, so I never went back to it. And I was like, but I don't want to have to shave on my cruise. Yeah. I was expecting it to be warm, so I just bought, like, <laughs> swimsuits and cover-ups and sundresses yeah. to wear the whole time. And... So I nared my legs and every it worked really, really well. I tried it before the cruise and then I did it right like the day before we left. And everything stayed smooth. It worked so well. Huh. I don't know if they've like redone their yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hope know. they improve over the years. Yeah, so. but it worked really, really well. I might have to try that again. So then I got back and uh, today my hair had grown out enough that I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to do it now. So... I put my nair on and I did my bikini area again, but apparently I got it a little bit too close to my lady bits <laughs> and I didn't realize like it wasn't burning while it was on. So I leave it on for the 10 minutes and I literally go lay in my bed with my feet like up against my wall. So my legs are all spread. So nothing touches. <laughs> right. And I didn't know that it had burned down there until I went to rinse it off. And then I got up and as soon as. Like everything came together, oh. it was like on fire. And the only way I can describe it is if you've ever been bitten by like fire ants oh. and they bite and it hurts, but then it burns mm -hmm. for like ever after. Yeah. It's like somebody took a pile of fire <laughs> ants and put them on my vagina and oh. it will not stop. So I had to call my husband up and I was like, Mario, I need like I need help. I don't know what to yeah. do. So I got in the shower, rinsed everything off, put some burn cream on and some Neosporin. <laughs> and I literally have chemical burns on my vag. So, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've been with her. and She can't walk very good. And it hurts so bad. I mean, she's currently recording. Sans pants. Yeah, I literally <laughs> don't have pants on. She has an underwear, but no, I do no have pants. underwear on. But I couldn't sit in my jeans because it was too uncomfortable. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I had to take them off. So yeah, there you go. There's my week. How's your week been? Uh, I mean, better than that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, my computer did break, which is like what we use for the podcast and it just kind of took a crap but it was really really old so it was 
probably like needed to be done. So I got a new computer, which is fun. Like it's always fun to have something new. Yeah. But you know, unexpected. And I hate when those purchases come about though, when you're not expecting them and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was that. And my kids are just living the summer life, kind of living it up. And yeah, Lily had dance tryouts today and we should hear sometime probably by the end of the night. Yay. And she's a ball of stress. So poor thing. I know she's so stressy. So, but she'll be fine. She'll be fine. She I remember that before tryouts. I don't think I was as bad as her. Like you said, she didn't even eat dinner or anything last night. No, but she's so bad. I was never like that. But just that weight, like that anticipation to see yeah. if you made the team. Yeah. Is yeah. She's intense. like, she's dying. She is. She's like every five seconds. Like, have I sent anything? Have I sent? I'm like, no. Like, it, you just got done. You literally just finished. No, they haven't sent anything. I hate waiting. And I'm like, well, this is life. So <laughs> get used to it. Yeah. Me and her dad were trying to tell her, like, listen, I'm like, if you stand in front of a pot, like waiting for the water to boil, it will feel like 300 years. It's true. But if you go about your day, just like normal, it'll start boiling before you know it. So yeah. like, stop just like sitting and thinking about it. Like go to your dad's, go shower, go get ready. Like you guys are have like stuff planned for tonight. Like focus on all that and it will come before you know it. But like, you're just going to yeah. have to wait. I, nothing I can do. Yeah. So that's not it. Nothing else. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, I, and then the day we got back. So we got back on Saturday. On Sunday, our dog that just gave birth was out in the yard and we don't know what she did, but she scraped herself on part of like our gate of our fence. Yeah. And like had a severe gash. You guys can see the picture. It is gnarly. And so after I'm getting home and like trying to get everything prepared for my week and get unpacked and all of the things, I ended up being in the ER with her for many hours. And then I had oh. to leave her there and go pick her up at like 11 at night oh. because they had to do like a little mini surgery. And so she had a drain in for a while. And yeah, and she has a stupid cone on. <laughs> She's like knocking over her kids. <laughs> she like, she like cannot so function with no. this cone. But she doesn't give like two shits. She's just no. going about life, but stabbing you in the leg, like, knocking yeah, over like, her baby. She like, just like <laughs> runs right into the back of your leg and like leaves a mark on your leg because it's so hard. I'm like, I am like, I'm so sick funny. of this stupid cone. And we have to have it on for another week. Yeah, so. it's funny. But. And I think we have two more puppies sold. So we're down to one more puppy. I know. It's so... If anyone wants one, it's he's super cute. He's all he white. He's really cute. He's super, super nice. Really calm. Yeah, he, he is really cute. He He's one that's a little anxiousy in brand new situations. But as soon as he gets used to it, he's fine. Yeah. And I mean, so, we came over today, me and my kids. And that was the first time I got to see the puppies. And he didn't seem to care at all. So. Yeah. He was great. He was so cute. Guys, I, that so. was the one I was like, oh, he's cute. I like yeah. him. He's got like a he's little like tiny, big. tiny tan patch on one of his eye and a little bit on his ear. But otherwise, he's like white. Oh, my gosh. Speaking and of he's that. he's a fluff ball. <laughs> there is a dog in the neighborhood, um, Cody's parents' neighborhood. And it's like a, it, it might even be like a Labradoodle or a standard poodle. I can't really, I didn't really get too <laughs> close of a look of like the breed. But it's one with curly hair because... As I was driving, its back end was facing me, and it is like a chocolate color, except for right around its butthole. <laughs> it's white. It is like a perfect white circle. And I was like, 
Oh, it's like a reverse bullseye. It was so bad. I was like, oh, that's funny. That is. <laughs> and then it's so, like the dog is so dark. And then that spot is so white. It just like you're like, there's his butthole. Like, like, did you bleach your butthole? <laughs> so bad. So, like, yeah, I didn't even really catch exactly what kind of breed it was because I was too oh, focused no. in on its butthole. But it was pretty funny. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. <laughs> I wonder if that was a selling feature for them. Like, <laughs> look how cute. <laughs> or if they even, like, noticed it until they got it home yeah. and thought it was just well, You know how sometimes, dark. like, they darken up or, yeah. like, change colors? So maybe, like, it wasn't as noticeable. It's yeah. like a puppy. <laughs> Any of the doodles or poodles usually like lighten up. So yeah, maybe it was like yeah. a darker color and then turned super light. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, yeah, that's really funny. That's really funny. All, All right. right. Well, do you want to do our soul cleanse? Yes, yes. Okay. Soul cleanse. Okay, so this one is from earlier this year in January, and it takes place in Indiana. So there's a TikTok user, his name's Josiah Vargas, and he shared a video on his TikTok. His TikTok is at Dookie Doughboy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Dookie Doughboy. Dookie Doughboy. Dookie Doughboy. Um, but he <laughs> he's in Elkhart, Indiana, and he had gone to McDonald's one morning just for the drive-thru, ordered a sausage McMuffin, got his order, started to drive away and looked inside the bag. And inside the bag, instead of it being a sausage McMuffin, someone had accidentally put their store deposit. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. So they'd put their store deposit in there. So it was just a bag filled <laughs> with a bag bunch of money. money. It was like, he says um, that he was holding a baggie full of like $20 bills. He was like, why? Why would they give this to me? Like, what in the world? Um, And so he said after a minute, he was like, he said, what the F? Now I have to return it because I'm a good person, I guess. (laughs) That would be my sentiment. Exactly. Like, dang it. I have to do this because I'm a decent person. (laughs) So he puts it back in the bag and he goes to McDonald's and gets out and he heads in. And he said when he got up to the um, counter, he says, like, what are you guys doing? You're laundering money around here? And they were, like, kind of confused, obviously. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And then he tells them and, like, hands them the bag. And obviously, like, whoever had done it, like, was, you know, oh, my gosh, like, so thankful. And they were all, like hugging him and just super thankful that he had done that um and he said when he was driving away they called him back in and they gave him two hundred dollars and a month free of mcdonald's nice (laughs) and so uh the tiktok ends with him sharing that what he believes to be the moral of the story and he said do good people return five thousand got two hundred and free mcdonald's for a month (laughs) good trade value and maybe a viral tiktok that's awesome. Um, and it, yeah, just says that McDonald's didn't really reply to the story on the news. But, um, yeah, everyone, like, you know, has got lots of positive feedback on TikTok. And it's always nice to see, like, people just doing good. Good people, yes. I mean, because he really could have just gone and taken that. And they may not have even realized 
known which order it was that they no. sent it out in. And how would they ever have, like, tracked it down? And, yeah, like, may not have ever been yeah. able to, like, find it. And he could have just had this $5,000. So, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I think it's weird, though, that they were keeping their store deposit in their same, like, yeah, to-go that, bag. Well, and in the morning, because, I mean, I've worked, like, gas stations for a long, you know, when I was in high school and, and college, and I did the books, but we did that stuff, like, early, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, Or, like, not, sorry, not early in the morning, after closing. We always did, like, all the books, and then you take your deposit at night, and you take it to the bank. But if they're, like, 24-hour... So, yeah, places. I guess if they're 24-hour, I guess that's they a little bit different. They probably have to do it a couple times yeah. during the day. But usually you have, like, a little black money bag or something, yeah. not, like, a to-go bag. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, that's yeah, I don't weird. know why it was, unless, like, the manager had brought it up and just, like, set the deposit back, like, on the counters. They are like, getting ready to go. Like, because sometimes you take your deposit and then you get change. Yeah. Like, you go to the bank and you're like, okay, we need, pe- you know, this many rolls of pennies and nickels and dimes and whatever like so you have money for your registers like maybe that's what was happening but definitely like it says you know saved employees from losing their jobs yeah like it could be a huge deal you know people get fired for that because oh a thousand percent that's not a small sum of money i do have to say too and i don't know how mcdonald's does their books but five thousand dollars is not a very big deposit for for that big of a chain yeah for like mcdonald's i was like huh but they might do, you know, they might, maybe they take a deposit more than once a day because they make so much money. Who knows? Yeah. I'll bet they do. Yeah. But I thought it was, you know, it's always nice to see people doing good. It is nice. Yeah. So thanks for being a good yeah, person. Thanks, Dookie, Dookie Doughboy. Dookie Doughboy. <laughs> Josiah. I like that. Yeah. I, was funny. I, I didn't even actually look at that before <laughs> I started Dookie talking. Doughboy. And I was like, oh, Dookie Doughboy. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And yeah. then I guess lastly, we should. We should have mentioned this up front, but we are recording at my house today. Yes. And not our normal location. Nope. So we're really hoping that there's not like background noise or echoey because we did like a little makeshift record room. <laughs> yeah. Last minute. And so, yeah. Wait, I mean, we did our hopefully, tests and it sounds okay, it but. good. But hopefully when you guys I, listen to it, it's, it's normal-ish. Yeah. I will tell you that there are times so. where like everything on our. Our recording platform sounds fantastic. <laughs> and then I upload it into like our, the place where we upload that sends it out to all the platforms and it sounds like crap and I don't understand like what yeah. the uploading does to it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be fine. Yes. Positive vibes. PMA. All right. So let's jump into this. Yes. So the murders occur in actually two neighboring towns. So I mentioned the one of Peebles and then there's one that occurs in Piketon, Ohio. Okay. which are both in Pike County, which is in the southern part of Ohio, in the Appalachian region. Appalachian, however you say that. Yeah. We always said Appalachian. So. Yeah. Yep. Appalachian region. Please don't come at me. <laughs> um, at this time, it was the poorest county in Ohio, and not much really happened here as far as crime, other than drug stuff. There's a lot of drug <laughs> stuff going on in this area. Anytime it's a small, small town. town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but especially not a lot of murders in the area. So just after 7.30 on Friday, April 22nd, 2016, a woman named Bobby Manley, yes, a woman named Bobby Manley, okay. goes over to her ex-brother-in-law, Chris Roden's house, to go feed some animals and do some cleaning for him. But while there, she makes a very grim discovery. 
Now, typically, the family has several dogs, and they're usually inside when Bobby gets there. This is like a normal thing that she does. Um, but this morning when she shows up, they're all kind of running loose outside, which is really abnormal. Okay. She also notices that Chris's truck is still in the driveway, and normally he'd be gone by this time. He, like, leaves okay. for work. Yeah. So... The house is locked, but she has a key and enters the home and immediately sees things out of place. There's a recliner in the living room that has been moved, and there are a bunch of rugs, like, bunched up on the floor. Okay. And so she walks around the house, and she finds Chris Roden Sr. and his cousin Gary Roden in the house in one of the back bedrooms, lying on the ground, covered in blood and partially covered with a blanket. Now, Mm -hmm. she initially thinks someone came in and, quote, beat the hell out of them. She runs out of the house and calls 911, and I would like to play that call. So you can, it's really hard to hear up front because she's like obviously hysterical. Yeah. Kind of ran out of the house. Um, But basically she walks in and finds them and she's just telling them that it's Chris and Gary and that there's blood everywhere and she thinks somebody beat the hell out of them. And does she go out? Does she say she's going to the mailbox to check the address? Yeah, to check the address. So this case is a little tricky to follow. So I'm going to do the best to kind of like continually reiterate because there's so many victims and so many family members involved that there's a lot of names. Okay. And also several of them have the same name. So it gets a little <laughs> okay. tricky. Okay. Okay. But I'll try and sum it up the best I can. So you guys can stay with me. Okay. I also, you know, when this posts, I might post some Facebook pictures and take up, like make a little pedigree chart. If you want to follow along. 
Because I think that might be the easiest way to do this. Yeah. Okay. So Bobby, the one who makes the 911 call, is the sister of a woman named Dana Roden. Now, Dana had previously been married to a man named Chris Roden Sr. And the couple had three children together before divorcing. So the family had remained really close and Dana and Chris had continued to kind of have a thing on the side. Dana was 37. Chris Sr. was 40. And their children were 16-year-old little Chris, Chris Jr., but they called them little Chris. Okay. 19-year-old Hannah Roden and 20-year-old Clarence Roden, who goes by Frankie. Okay. Okay, So you have Dana and Chris Sr. They were married. They're divorced now, but they have three kids, Chris Jr., Hannah, and Frankie. Okay? Okay. Now, Frankie, he's the couple's oldest son. He's 20 years old. He's engaged to a woman who's also named Hannah, and this is 20-year-old Hannah Hazel Gilly. But she goes more by Hazel, so during this episode, to avoid confusion, we're just going to call her Hazel. Okay, so you have Hannah Roden, Hazel Gilly. Okay. So Frankie is engaged to Hazel. They're both 20. Gary Roden was 38, and he was Chris Sr.'s cousin. Okay. Okay. Now, in this rural area of Ohio, a lot of these families live in mobile homes or campers that are really close to each other Mm -hmm. on the same property. So if you just picture like country roads, people have a little bit more land than in an urban area, and then they put multiple mobile homes or campers Mm -hmm. all on the same property. So the families are close, but they have their own little space. Space, okay. Also, we mentioned drug use. Teen pregnancy in the area is also very high. Yeah. And you'll see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Dana Roden being 37 and their oldest being 20, she started when she was 17 and that process kind of continues. Okay. Okay. So while waiting for police to show up, Bobby goes over to the mobile home of Frankie and Hazel to notify them of what is happening and make sure that they're Okay. Okay. And this trailer's on the same property, just a couple minutes away, like walking distance from Chris, where, from where Chris and Gary's bodies were found. She enters the home and finds two more bodies, that of Frankie Roden and Hazel Gilly, both deceased, lying side by side in their bed. In this home, the couple's six-month-old son, Ruger, was also present. And although he was covered, covered in his parents' blood, he was thankfully unharmed. Okay. Frankie also had a three-year-old son. So if you do the math, he was 17 when he Uh had his first with a different woman who was not in the picture anymore. And his three-year-old son's name is Brentley. Um, He's also found in the home, again, covered in blood, but unharmed. Okay. Okay. Bobby calls and tells her brother, James. So... In that family, there's Bobby, James, and Dana. They're all siblings. Okay. Okay. So Bobby calls and tells her brother, James, of what's going on. And while she stays there waiting for police, James tries to reach his other sister, Dana Roden. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's living in another mobile home with the couple's two other kids, Chris and Hannah. Okay. James is unable to reach Dana by phone, so he heads over to her house, which is also pretty close to Chris's trailer. But it's a little bit farther away. Okay. Okay? When he enters the home, he finds three more bodies. Oh, my God. 37-year-old Dana, 19-year-old Hannah Roden, 
and 16-year-old little Chris. They're all in their own separate rooms, all lying in their beds with, oh, sorry, with gunshot wounds. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and this, this like really got me. It's so horrific with all these kids. But Hannah Roden had just given birth to her second child, a daughter named Kylie, just four days prior. Oh. So there's a four day little infant in oh. bed with her mom. Oh. Now, Hannah's body had been positioned in a way where her breast was left out, and she was in a position that the baby could breastfeed. Oh, And although, again, covered in her mom's blood, the newborn baby was unharmed. Okay. Now, Hannah had her first child, a girl named Sophie, who she shared with her ex-boyfriend, Jake Wagner, and you'll want to remember that name who was not present during the murder and was at her father's house. How old was she, do you know? Two. Okay. So she has a two-year-old little girl, Sophie. She's like two, almost three. So she had her when she was uh, 16, and then this one's four days old. So Kylie's four days old, Sophie's two, they're half-sisters, and Sophie is at her dad's house, Jake Wagner, when the murders occur. Okay. Okay. So this is seven victims so far. We have Chris, Dana, their three kids, Hannah, little Chris, and Frankie. We have the cousin, Gary, and then Hazel, which was Frankie's fiance. Okay. So the police show up and start collecting evidence and investigating. Can you imagine, like, as the police, like, you get that? Because I'm guessing she didn't make another 911 call. Like, no, she, she just did the one like when the they showed up was like come um, and then she's like uh by the way so... and in some accounts that i read dana's trailer is on the way to chris's and james was still there so he flagged down some okay. of the cops and so some of them stopped at dana's trailer okay. and then the rest went on okay. to the other two so at first they thought maybe it was like a situation of a big family like murder suicide. Right, yeah. But they quickly determined that that is not the case because none of the deceased seem to have killed themselves and there's no weapons in sight. Okay. The bodies are removed for autopsies and as you can imagine, word about these murders spreads. Oh yeah. Pretty quickly in the oh, small yeah. town. Yeah. So as word gets out, a man named Donald Stone Decides with everything going on, he needs to go check on his cousin, 44-year-old Kenneth Roden, who is Chris Sr.'s older brother, and he's 44. Okay. Okay. He can't reach Kenneth by phone, so he heads over to his trailer. And when Donald arrives at his home about 1.30 p.m., he finds Kenneth deceased as well. And this property is about 10 minutes from the other properties, and it's located in Piketon, Ohio. Okay. So just another small town pretty close. And so I wanted to play you guys his 911 call.
So now we have our eighth and final victim, 44-year-old Kenneth Roden, who was Chris Sr.'s older brother. Okay. Also cousins with Gary. Okay. Okay. So they find all of the victims were shot multiple times, execution style, except Kenneth, who was only shot once in the head at point-blank range. At Chris Sr.'s house, they find bullet holes in the front door, and drag marks from the front of the house back to the bedroom where the bodies are found, leading them to believe that Chris was either out on his porch or in the doorway when he was shot, and then his body was moved. Okay. There were no defensive wounds on Chris or Gary's bodies, and there were also several security systems at three out of four of the scenes, but the cameras had all been disconnected, And there were no hard drives or anything that the police could find with any footage on it. Okay. There was a severe lack of physical evidence at the murder scenes. They only found one shell casing under under Chris's trailer. They did find some shoe prints left in blood at Mm. a couple of the scenes. At Frankie and Hazel's house, the door jam was damaged. Like with a forced entry, the metal around the door was like bent. Um, But the lock had no damage, which seemed a little odd. Oh, yeah. And the police find five different casings stamped with REM, meaning Remington bullets. Oh, okay. They also found a live round of ammunition, which was a completely different type of bullet from a completely different sized gun. Huh. So this makes investigators believe that there's more than one shooter involved in the massacre. Yeah. Because there's definitely more than one weapon. Right. At Dana's, there's also not much evidence. Chillingly, there's one empty shell casing. That's all they found when the three were killed. And it's found under Kylie's crib. Oh. And this is for a twenty-two caliber. And this ends up being the same bullets that killed Frankie and Hazel, but different bullets than that that killed Chris Sr. and Gary. All right. At Kenneth's house, there's also no forced entry, and investigators find that many trail cams are missing. So Kenneth, living in the country, he's known to have a lot of cameras up around his home. Mm -hmm. Um, On the way to his house, there's several neighbors that have trail cams, and they are all just gone, just missing. Uh, After the autopsies are completed, they're able to determine that three different guns were used in the murders. They don't find any fingerprints and no DNA that is helpful. Sheriff Reader, who kind of runs the show with this, and he ends up being like a really big dummy, and he's totally a dirty cop. Um, Small, small rural town. Definitely small town. Like, he actually later gets convicted of stealing money from evidence, like from 
um, drug busts and stuff that uh-huh. they've done. And he ends up pleading guilty and going to prison for like three <laughs> or four years. Okay. But he makes a quote early on saying that this was a pre-planned execution of eight individuals. And it was a very sophisticated operation. Now, we should okay. note here that although Reader was convicted of a bunch of crap, none of it was linked to this case at okay. all. Okay. So several departments get involved in this case, but surprisingly, they allow the Piketon County Police to take the lead, which I thought was really weird because when you have such a small county and so many murders, like the FBI got involved, they're usually the ones that like take over and then you're just there to like help out where you can. But they let them kind of be like the lead investigators and then just like gave advice or helped where they could. That was the... That was the place where Kenneth was found, right? Yes. And then... Well, it's Pike County, so it's like they don't just have like a whole sheriff's department for Piketon or Peebles. It's like the whole county. Oh, so he's like the county sheriff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the community all tries to get involved as well and puts out several rewards going up, including $25,000 from a local business owner. For anyone with information leading to an arrest and conviction. The police and the Roden family like can't imagine why their family was targeted and if any other family members are still in danger. So the police are basically like warning them to be careful, be yeah. vigilant, be on high alert. And so they were like all trying to mourn the loss of all of these family members and plan funerals and figure out where these kids were gonna go yeah. and just all of these things. Yeah. yeah there's um, lots of little babies. Yeah. While still having to like figure out their own safety. Yeah. Too. And fear for their lives. So during the investigation, the police also uncover marijuana grow sites at three out of four crime locations. Okay. And at Chris Sr.'s house, they also find evidence of a cockfighting ring. Oh. Okay. So. There's a lot of... This is a lot of backwoods. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of country on. stuff going on. This is country. But with the grow sites, I mean, I guess it was pretty big. They said they un- they they confiscated like over 200 okay. marijuana plants. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a decent, decent size. Yeah. A lot of the neighbors are shocked by this when it comes out because they're like thinking that these people are straight and narrow Oh, and yeah, I forgot you said that at the beginning. They were described as, like, God-fearing people, and okay. everyone just thought they were, like, this great family. Um, So a lot of the neighbors are appalled by this behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and the police even indicate that the Mexican drug cartel may have been involved, uh-huh. and the killings could have been drug-motivated. Okay. So when all of this gets out on the news, it completely shifts people's views of the victims. And this ends up being really crazy because then not as many tips come in. The yeah. rewards are pulled. Just all so because, stupid. Like, yeah, they were growing some marijuana. still people. Yeah. Like, just because it doesn't matter what they were doing. There's still eight humans. It, yeah, exactly. Parents. I mean. And defenseless children that were, like, yeah. in the home covered in their parents' blood. Yeah. Babies and absolutely left without, traumatized. Yeah. Babies left without. Like, they're still humans that were murdered and literally the oldest person that was killed was 44 yeah but a lot of these were teenagers yeah like I you have 20 year two 20 year olds i don't care if they found a the 19 biggest... year old and a 16 year old yeah like i don't care if they found the biggest meth 
lab in the world. Yeah. Like, they still don't need to be murdered. No. And you can still have rewards for tips of who murdered eight people. And it's still in your community. Like, wouldn't you still want to catch a murderer? <laughs> right? Of eight people. Like, you don't like, this care person who murdered, murdered this person? eight people. Just, like, went on a killing spree. And yeah. that doesn't bother you? <laughs> yeah. Because like, that's because these guys person. were growing marijuana, you don't care now? Yeah, they deserved Ugh, it. So stupid. I know. I read that and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> so, it also may seem pretty crazy to think that the Mexican drug cartel would be in, like, rural Ohio. I know when I first heard that, I was like, uh, no, there's absolutely no, no way that this is cartel related. But then digging into this more, I found uh, multiple sources who claimed around that same time, there were two other murders that occurred in the nearby towns Uh and they were linked to the Mexican cartel, like a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we have cartel stuff here in Utah, so. So, you know, it's like it's it's unfortunately, but I mean, Ohio is a little bit farther from Mexico. We're right on I-15. So we tend to be like a corridor yeah. from Mexico, like just straight up. But I would I mean, it's probably perfect for them to have their grows in these rural. Yeah. Where they don't out have to of deal the way, with a lot like, of stuff. And there's a bunch places. of dirty cops who are going to yeah. turn their head. Yeah. It's not like a big city where like the police are going to find it and hound you or whatever. Like it's probably way more safe yeah so with all the information police are gathering in the fall of 2016 finally police come out and say no our bad the cartel wasn't involved and they started indicating that this was maybe a more of a personal connection they felt that the people who committed the murders knew the family well and were probably local They had intimate knowledge of the family's routine, layouts of the houses. There were no defensive wounds on any of the bodies. Mm -hmm. And Chris was killed on the porch or near the entrance of his home and was facing the killer, but killed at close range. The family dogs didn't attack anyone, which made people think that victim, like the victims knew their killers Mm -hmm. and the dogs were comfortable with whoever came over to do this. Mm -hmm. So they start asking the public for help and several leads start to come in. Now I want to give you a little bit of the backstory on one of the families that comes to the forefront of the suspect list after police get multiple tips from the community. And that is the Wagner family. So if you remember, Mm -hmm. Jake Wagner from Hannah Roden. Okay, so again, there's multiple names here (laughs) and several of the same name. So bear with me. I'm keeping up. I think you're doing good. Angela and George Wagner the third, who thankfully goes by Billy. So we're going <laughs> to call him Billy. Okay. So the dad, Billy, mom, Angela, they have two sons, Jake, whose first name is actually Edward, but he goes by Jake. So we're just going to call him Jake, okay. Jake, and then George the fourth, who we'll just refer to as George. Okay. okay. So we got Billy and Angela, two sons, Jake and George. Okay. So the family had several close connections to the Roden family. Billy and Chris Sr. were like best friends, like for years, years and years and years. Longtime friends. They were described as almost like brothers. Okay. The two went hunting and shooting and just hung out all the time. Okay. Jake, Billy and Angela's youngest son, and Hannah Roden, which was... Chris and Dana's daughter mm-hmm. met at a county fair when she was just 13 and he was 17, almost 18. 
Okay. So initially, Jake was really annoyed by (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) I guess there was like a story that he told where they met and she had a bunny at the fair. She like kept following him around like this annoying 13 year old and like, do you want to pet my bunny? Do you want to see my bunny? And so he was like super annoyed by her, but eventually uh, grew to like her. So Jake actually went to Hannah's dad, Chris Sr., and asked if he could date his daughter. And Chris said, yep, I'm fine with that. But she's so much younger than you that you have to be supervised at all times. So he would send one of the brothers, either Frankie or little Chris, Uh to go with them on all of their dates. (laughs) And they weren't allowed to be alone. Okay. But of course... As teenagers they do, find a way. they always find a way, uh-huh. right? So they found some alone time and started having a sexual relationship when Hannah was just 13. Wow. And at this point, he had turned 18. Wow. So 18 and 13. I have a 13-year-old and I cannot Can you imagine like her being, nope. being like intimate with someone like she's not, she Especially is not ready. 18-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Like... I mean, there would I wouldn't let them date at all anyway. Like that would yeah. just be a no. But yeah, they were not ready at thirteen to do that. So Hannah ends up getting pregnant at fifteen. Of course, yeah. So she. I'm gives, actually surprised it took two years. I know, me too. <clears throat> so she gives birth to Sophie when she's sixteen. So she gets pregnant at fifteen, but delivers at sixteen. And at this point, Jake is twenty-one. So oh, yeah. sixteen. Okay. Twenty-one. So, not okay. Big no-no, no, right? No, The couple seems to have a pretty tumultuous relationship, like, from the beginning. Right, yeah. And they start arguing about Sophie and a custody arrangement even before Sophie is born. Like, she's still pregnant with this little girl. And Jake's, they, like, trying uh, to get her to give him full custody. Are they not together at this point? No, they're still together. <laughs> They're still together. Okay, okay. that's why I'm confused. But the Wagner family seems to be really possessive of their children. Okay. And Jake said that Sophie had to be with him at all times. But Jake tells Hannah, like, well, Sophie has to be here. But if you want to stay, too, you can. But you have to move in with me. Like, I'm not moving in with you. Okay. You have to come to my house and live under the Wagner's roof. Okay. Okay. So they're very, like, controlling and weird yeah hannah wanted to try to make the family work and she knew she would need help just being 16 right so with her parents permission she moved into the wagner's house for a while but it didn't last too long and she left shortly after sophia was born because she didn't like it yeah and the two stayed together but she moved back home so they're still together trying to raise this little girl but she's 16 she wasn't ready to be a new mom and be away from her mom no. and all of her surroundings and yeah. her, like, comfort zone, which I totally understand. Did she take the baby with her? <laughs> yes. Okay. <clears throat> but, excuse me, but here's the thing that I thought was kind of odd with her being this young. They they enter a verbal shared custody agreement, and Sophie would stay with Hannah for one week and then go to Jake's for a week. Okay. And I don't know how this worked because by everything I read, she was breastfeeding Sophie. Okay, I was going to say, because I wasn't unable to breastfeed both my kids. And so, like, that would have been fine because right. I wasn't breastfeeding. But yeah, if you're but breastfeeding, like, I read, how do you... she was, like, breastfeeding. So I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe the just, baby took a bottle too, and she just pumped the whole time pumped, the baby was yeah, gone. Yeah, and then just maybe took her milk over there. Yeah, I mean they were still together, right? And so she would go over. Oh yeah, they're still together. So and so they would see or maybe she just go each over other daily or whatever. Such I don't a, know. I, such, it's a weird situation. It sounds like such a headache of a yeah, situation. Yeah, it's a very very weird situation. Um, but this still wasn't enough for Jake, and they continued to argue about this situation. And Jake becomes more demanding and tells Hannah he wants full custody. So he's annoying. I already he's so annoying annoying. because I bet you he wasn't doing all of the stuff that needs to be done. Like as a parent. No. Well, and here's here's where it comes from is his mom. Okay. His mom is like, no, the babies need to leave, live here. I guess there was like some sexual abuse at some point to some of their family members. And so they're basically like not trusting of anyone and want complete control over that child's surroundings. Okay. Which, like, you can't, you can never have complete control no, over no, your surroundings. No. Right? It's just, I don't know. It's just really, it's just really weird. So, okay, so a little bit kind of more or backstory to this family as well is Jake's older brother, George, had recently gotten divorced from a woman named Tabitha. Okay. And when Tabitha left George, the Wagner family comes together and basically pressures tabitha into giving george full custody of their son who i almost died is named bovine (laughs) bovine like the cow bovine what the hillbilly hell is happening bovine b-o-v-i-n-e they even spelled it like bovine the cow i can't can't. like ruger was bad enough. I mean, right? yeah, that's a gun. Like, and I didn't even like you know, comment on that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely you but know I've we, heard that before. Yeah, I've de- I was gonna say, I've, I've heard a lot of heard... dogs named Ruger. But right, like we live in you know we live in the West. A lot of people hunt, but I have never bovine. <laughs> I literally, I literally almost died. Bovine, bovine Wagner. Okay. Hey, okay. They feel like it sounds like fancy. Bovine. Bovine. What's your name? Bovine Wagner. With your hillbilly accent. Can you imagine? Bovine. My My name's Bovine Bovine Wagner. (laughs) Bovine Wagner. Oh, that is terrible. (laughs) Ah, Okay. So terrible. So as Hannah and Jake are arguing about custody, Tabitha's mom messages Hannah on Facebook and tells her like, don't give up custody. Do not let the Wagners yeah. pressure you into anything like they did to Tabitha. Like you have rights. Yeah. Don't sign anything. So did she? Did Tabitha gave up? Uh huh. Oh, but at man. the time, it sounds like Tabitha didn't really have like a lot of family support. Okay. And her and George had a pretty tumultuous relationship. Right. He and probably broke her down. It turned a little bit physical, and she said literally when she left. She testified that she had to run, like run away from the house physically because Angela, the mom, was getting a gun. Oh, shit. So this family is crazy. Okay. So she was like scared for her life. Yeah. And just got pressured into this. So who knows what other threats and everything that they were Right, yeah. But Hannah gets this message and responds with, they'll have to kill me first. (laughs) Good. Which. Oh, well, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I take that back a little bit, but like, good for her for like, having good for like, her but... for like that conviction, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, because at this point she's still alive. Yes, yes. 
So shortly after the murders, the Wagners sold all of their property, which they actually had a decent amount of like land and they didn't live in a mobile home. They lived in like an actual decent sized house. Okay. Um, and they just sold everything and moved to a very remote part of Alaska to just get away from everything. And they claim it's to shelter Sophie from everything that's happening. Uh-huh. But obviously not not so much. So police get several tips after they leave. And since they don't own the property anymore, the police don't need a search warrant to go search the property. Oh, yeah. So they just get permission from the new owners. And the search begins. Isn't Ohio Ohio's where Matt Rife is from? Oh yeah. He talks hey, about Matt. he talks about the eight acres, you don't need eight inches. Yeah. Hey Matt. Hey Matt. Hey. Hi. Hey. Do, you, do you know anyone else named Bovine from Ohio? I was say, do you know these people? Do you, have, do you have any insight? Because what the hell's happening here? Seriously. Message us. Message me, Matt. Um I, I totally lost my place. I got <laughs> Sorry. sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry, I got her all hot and bothered. My little boy crush. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so they get the new owner's permission to search, and they search the Wagner's property extensively, and they also search George's mom's property, Um, and I think they get her permission or have to get a warrant for her, but she owned this big farm that raised a bunch of livestock <laughs> livestock. livestock including mini pigs that Aww. she sold for money okay so wait george is angela's son or are oh, we talking no, about i'm sorry i meant billy's mom i said george but george is his name too yes george is his name too but the dad so billy yes so angela's the dad angela's mom so this is angela's mother-in-law okay, okay. yes okay. correct got you so on the property, they find hundreds of shell casings. And as you can imagine, in rural Ohio, people just go shooting their guns right, on their yeah. lot all the time. Yeah. So that's, like, not uncommon. But they decide to collect all of these and test them. Yeah. And they find that some of the casings matched a gun used in two out of four crime scenes. Okay. So they're able to match the shells. Okay. So now they've got some physical evidence. right? So with this new evidence, they obtain warrants to search inside several properties. And they also find forged custody documents that give Jake sole custody of Sophia should anything happen to Hannah. Now, the forms are dated December 31st, 2014, which is a year and a half before the murders. But the forms are drafted and printed just three weeks before the murders. Okay. So Angela's mom, her name is Rita Newcomb, was a notary public and had notarized the documents. So basically, they draft up these fake forms that give Jake sole custody Mm -hmm. should miraculously anything happen to Hannah and... Then they backdate them to look like they had been in place for over a year so it wasn't so sketchy. Yeah. And Angela signs Hannah's name and then her mom notarizes the form wow. with a fake date. Wow. But so they're they're kind of smart, but then they're also really dumb. So they didn't realize that 
the printer that they used yeah. has the date <laughs> of the day the document was drafted and printed. Yeah. So it's just printed on the form. And they didn't notice it. <laughs> so the police know that they're obviously forged. So now they have a motive to the murders. And, right. a, and they get a warrant to place wiretaps on the Wagner cell phones and <clears throat> in their cars. So okay. some discussion is recorded, but overall the family is really tight-lipped and don't talk much about the Roden family. Okay. Police also found that Angela had hacked into Hannah's Facebook Messenger. Oh, wow. And had been monitoring all of her messages and activity on Facebook for over a year. So including okay. the text from Tabitha's mom, oh. where Hannah said they'd have to <laughs> kill her first. And that's sort of where the plot and plan began okay according to some sources okay so detectives start picking up family members and bringing them in for interviews and at first they all basically say the same thing and really have their story like straight like they're sticking to it yeah but when they bring in angela she she comes in and she starts speaking very very fondly of both hannah and dana because she knew them both because her husband was such good friends yeah, with, with Chris and Dana. So uh -huh. when they were married, you know. Yeah, his uh, best friends. Yeah. 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 And so she talks about how she loved them. And she reports custody was not an issue at all. And that the joint custody agreement had been working really, really well for every party involved. Okay. Then they show her a picture of some shoes. That you like just random shoes that you can get at Walmart. Uh -huh. And they're like, hey, have you ever seen these shoes? And she's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Kind of plays dumb. Yeah. And then they show her pictures of the shoe prints left in the vic victim's blood and ask her again. So have you seen these shoes before? She's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why would I know those shoes? Yeah. So then they pull out a receipt that they've been able to find during their searches <laughs> Of the two pairs of shoes, the exact shoes that were used in the killings. Uh -huh. And they find images of her at the local Walmart purchasing <laughs> the two pairs of shoes. Oh. And she does this two weeks before the murder. People are so stupid. Like, you, you're you in Walmart. You don't think they have cameras? Yeah, they're going to find out. <laughs> For watching you and seeing what you're purchasing. They're going to find so out. So when you're purchasing shit to do a murder, yeah. people are going to see it. And I guess the police went to, like several like all of the walmarts within a 50 mile radius oh wow so she was smart enough to not go to like the most local one uh-huh but they did find her wow so once she sees this then she's like oh yeah i did buy those shoes i remember buying those shoes um and she says she <laughs> bought a pair for each of her sons but when she brought them out the boy saw them and thought they looked like old man shoes so she just threw them away Okay. Because the shoes that she bought were like Velcro strapped, like <laughs> probably really did look like old man shoes. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they said that Dana's dad had an identical pair. So when they were searching everything, they found the pair of shoes and they were like, Ooh, yeah, what's going on here? But his tread were so worn down. Okay. And he had used them so much that they could determine that it wasn't the okay. right shoes. There were also two different sizes of shoes. And they weren't the same size shoe that her sons wore. They were both miraculously one size larger. Uh -huh. And she bought them this way to throw police yeah. off. So again, it just shows how like all this pre-planning yeah, went all, in. Yeah. So 
in November on November 13th, 2018, over two years after the murders, Billy, Angela, Jake and George were finally arrested. And they also arrest Angela's mom, Rita Newcomb and George's mom, Frederica Wagner. So Frederica had bought bulletproof vests and okay and so they found it and they were like so you obviously knew about the murders you were like you bought them so that they could wear them so if shit went down they were protected and she's like no 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 like i bought these after the murders because i was afraid like i was fearful of everything and she does this interview that is i wish i would have recorded it i should have but she's like i with all this stuff she's like this little old lady (laughs) i thought it was isis like what <laughs> what they targeted our yeah. family i was i thought that <laughs> like isis was family. targeting our community and oh so i just bought these bulletproof vests to keep my grandson safe oh and the gosh. cops were like bullshit lady. yeah like we we call bs on this um and so she's like no 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 i'll i'll prove it like i i got them on on amazon and so she's trying to locate them and she can't find them in her orders Okay. So they arrest her, but later she realizes it was eBay that she bought them uh-huh. on. And she's able to prove that she did buy them after the murders. Okay. There's nothing else linking her. So they drop her charges. Okay. So Jake ends up surprising everyone by coming forward and he just admits to everything. Like after oh. he's done all these interviews and denied everything, he comes forth and is like, listen, you guys are going to catch us eventually. I can't live like this. I want to admit everything i will plead guilty he was charged with 22 counts of like all of these things um and i will plead guilty to all 22 charges including all eight murder charges if me and my whole family can avoid the death penalty and i will testify against all of them like he starts cooperating wow which is so weird right yeah like with all of this stuff but maybe he was just like that scared of dying yeah. Like getting the death penalty all of a sudden, like, hit him. Like, yeah, like I'm going like, to get put to death. That, like, I don't know. For me, I'd rather die because I don't want to live in prison for that long. Like, he's in his t- early 20s. Yeah, but see, those people, like, they, I mean, he probably already lived, like, not like a prison life, but with those type of people. So, probably, like, for me and you, going to prison would be, like, a culture shock. Uh, like, <laughs> and I would almost rather go to men's prison than women's because every time I watch those shows, those ladies are not. They're so mean. They're so mean. They're like way, way worse than the men. Like the they're men get so aggressive mean. and have a fight, but like the women are mentally abusive. And I am not <laughs> like, mean me. like that. Like, no, I, no, I me either. Do it. And I'm not conniving like that. Like they're like. No, my brain doesn't even think that no. way. But this, I mean, the Wagner family seems like they are that way. Yeah. And he would do fine in prison. But well, some he's people used are so to life terrified of, of crime death. too. Like, yeah. So I didn't put this in here, but they like this family was. They would go and like steal stuff, and they like he got he got roped into a life of crime when he was a teenager, uh-huh. and his family just like did all kinds of stuff, and he just was kind of along for the ride. Yeah, but he justifies it like he would. He did an interview where he said, "You know, we would steal stuff, but we wouldn't steal stuff." from people that needed it and they're like yeah. well like explain this and he yeah. used an example of okay so if i have a neighbor who's a farmer and he has a bunch of wood laying around and i need it for a fence i know that he's gonna use it too so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna steal from farmer joe but 
if a big company uh-huh. comes out and they have a truck that's sitting there and we rob the truck and it's not going to really dip into anyone's pocket because they're such a big company. Yeah. Then we're fine with that. Okay. Like he's yeah. like a Robin Hood yeah. type yeah. person. Uh-huh. Right. It's like when Ed Kemper know, says just... that, that, um, what does he say? I killed her, but I didn't hit her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or that one guy he doesn't like because he just kills everybody and yeah, I've like, got standards. Yeah, it's like, like, it's just, you killed her, yeah. but um, thanks for not hitting her. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's like, one of those okay, where yeah. it's like, oh, okay. okay yeah. Like your compass is a little off there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Okay. And who knows? Like, I'm sure they still stole from people who needed oh, shit. Oh, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Especially like, in that small of a town. Uh-huh, like, yeah. How <laughs> we're, there's lots of big trucks just laying around for you to rob. <laughs> right. I don't know. But um, so Jake claims that the whole reason the murders took place was that he felt Sophie was in danger. He had suspicions that Hannah's new boyfriend, Corey Holdren, was going to molest Sophie. So he claims that whenever Sophie would come to his house, she would cry and cry and cry when it was time to go back to her mom's and like beg him not to take her back to her mom's. And then a mutual friend of theirs, Uh he says, messaged him and said, hey, like, just so you know, while I was at Hannah's house, Hannah and her boyfriend would go in their bedroom and lock the door with Sophie in there and would stay in there for a really long time. Like even when people would knock and they just like wouldn't answer. And so he got it in his head that Corey was going to molest or harm Sophie or his big thing was that they were doing sexual stuff while she was in the room with them. Okay. And I'm like, first of all, she's two. Yeah. And they share a room. So she, she could have been napping. Like, yeah. Hannah was pregnant. Yeah. She could have been napping. They could have been doing a lot of things that aren't molesting your child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. maybe they just wanted, like, some alone time yeah. without, you know, like, put the baby like, down Sophie for a nap. Napping. Yeah, put the baby down for a nap and then, like, spend, t- you know, like, lay in bed or whatever, you yeah. know, like, if you're living in a house with other people. Like, they just want to get away because they live in a three-bedroom trailer and people are in and out all the time. Yeah. And she has a two-year-old and she's pregnant. Yeah. So, yeah, but his mind goes to, oh, he's going to molest her, so I have to kill them all before... Something happens to Sophie. But he didn't kill Corey. No. But I'll get to that a little bit. The pedophile. So there's nothing ever that comes about that Corey has any, like, record of this. There's nothing. Like, there's nothing that he ever did anything inappropriate to this girl or any child. So. So the planning of these murders started early on, like we kind of talked about. Some accounts said that the family started talking about this before Sophie was even born. Like when Hannah was still pregnant and they were together, they were were like, listen, if shit goes south with you guys, we got to take her out and get Sophie. Such a bizarre mindset. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, these people are nuts. (laughs) These people are crazy. Who goes straight to like, if shit goes south, we got to kill them all. Right? Like, <laughs> whose so, mindset is that? So weird. It is so weird. Like, instead so, of just being so like, weird. we'll just go to court and prove that we're the better people to yeah. raise her and go but that But they route. knew they weren't. So the only yeah. option they had was to kill everybody. Because everybody has gross sites and, like, <laughs> none of these people were probably the best, Yeah, you <sighs> know, straight and narrow people. But, yeah, it's that's, that's a big jump, Jake. Yeah. 
So then Angela finds the Facebook message and the family knows that they're going to have to go through with it because she says they'll have to kill me. Well, and so Jake originally wants to make it look like a murder suicide with Hannah's boyfriend. So she wants he wants to basically go in and kill both of them, make it look like Corey shot Hannah and Uh frame Corey. But then he's dead, too, and out of the picture. And so that's what Jake comes up with, and that's his plan. Okay. But Billy, the dad, is like, no, 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 no. That's not going to work because I know Chris. He's my best friend. And if Chris Sr. has even the slightest feeling that you're involved in his daughter's murder, then he's going to come and kill our whole family. So in order to prevent this, we got to just take everybody out. This whole family's got to (laughs) go. Okay. Like, the, like it's such a paranoid cousins, like that mindset. Seems, yeah. And they had to have been on some sort of, like, drugs. Like, it's so weird. When, like, you said that, like, the town had some drug problems. Like, they yeah. had to have been on something more than just, like, marijuana. Like, marijuana. it's such a bizarre, yeah. bizarre, such a bizarre, such a bizarre, <laughs> such a bizarre, like, <laughs> way of thinking. Yeah. And, like, it makes no sense. No. No sense. It's, like, going from zero to a hundred. Yeah. Like. Whoa, how did we get from, like, like yeah, if something happens? Up. What like, just happened? <laughs> what? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, prior to the murders, the Wagners obtained several items to build silencers for their guns. Okay. They purchase a truck from Drake's uncle. And you're just, you're going to die with some of this stuff, okay? okay? Like, it's stuff that I feel like I'm a pretty smart individual, and I do enough true crime that I'm like, oh, I could maybe get away with something if yeah. I ever went that route. Yeah. Which I'm not going to. I would have never thought of half this shit. Yeah. Okay. Never. Okay. So they purchase a, dr- a truck from Jake's uncle and they build a false compartment in the bed of the truck so that the brothers can hide in the truck. But then <laughs> they stack hay over top. So if they get pulled over or someone's seen them on drive on the road. It'll just look like an old farm truck that's hauling hay. Okay. They build a false compartment <laughs> in the truck of the bed. What? For, okay. So that they can hide on the nights of the murder. Okay. Okay? All right. So bizarre. They also purchase a reception blocker, which is to ensure that once the killings start, nobody in the residence can call for help. Uh-huh. So it, like, blocks the cell phone yeah, they, reception. Yeah, they, they did a pinch, right? Isn't that what they call it in those, like, yeah. bank robbery movies? Yeah. Which apparently it didn't ever really work, but they bought it to have on hand. Okay. I don't know. So it doesn't work. They test it out at their house, and it doesn't work. <laughs> they watched so too then, many bank robbery movies, Yeah, they're like, we totally gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, But you can purchase these. Like, people can just go purchase them. The, the, thing, the things that people can just purchase I mean, I'm glad it didn't work, because obviously me. it's, like, a piece of crap one, but yeah, that's terrifying that you can just go purchase this shit. Yeah, you can purchase anything. My therapist was even saying that, you know, like, you can just purchase, like, tattoo guns on Amazon. Like, it's not a big... Not that tattoo guns are bad, but it's just, like, a weird thing to be like, I'm to just going to go to Amazon to, to go buy it. Yeah, like not a specific so store weird. to get something like that. You just buy it and then you just start tattooing whoever. It's so weird. It's just weird. Some yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. And this family dynamic is also really weird because they basically all share finances. So 
Angela would buy items like he, he she bought the shoes and she bought the reception blocker and she bought all this stuff. But then she puts it on Jake and George's credit cards because what they do is they have all these different credit cards that they earn points for. Okay. So like Jake has a Cabela's card and uh-huh. whatever, whoever needs to buy anything in the family from Cabela's uses his card so the whole family can earn points. And then there's like this pot of money that they just, okay, at the end of the month, we pay off Jake's credit card. And then if Jake has extra funds after he pays off his credit card, he helps pay off everybody else's credit cards. And okay. it's just this really weird yeah. dynamic. Yeah, it's a little too close. Yeah, a little too close. So according to Jake's confession, that night, Billy, George, and Jake wear dark clothing and Jake and George have the new shoes on, gloves, and face masks. And Billy calls George, um, or Chris, I'm sorry. Billy calls Chris Sr. Because, you know, they're great friends. Right, and yeah. arranged to meet that night. And Jake and George hide in the false compartment of the truck. And Billy drives to Chris Sr.'s house. So it looks like mm-hmm. it's just him. And when they arrive, Billy goes inside. And Jake and George get out. Of the false compartment, uh-huh. climb under the truck, both armed, and hide under the truck. Okay. So, Billy lures Chris to the front porch under the ruse of looking for his cell phone. He's like, hey, I can't find my cell phone. It might be in the truck. I might have dropped it out here. I don't know. Can you call it? Okay. So, Chris walks out to the porch, uh-huh. help trying to help his friend find his phone, calls it. They are not hearing anything. And... Jake later testifies that George was in a better position. He The whole plan was that he was supposed to shoot Chris. Uh-huh. But then George freezes and he can't do it. So he stalls. Okay. And so Jake ends up shooting Chris Sr. But wasn't at a great angle. And so he ends up wounding him but doesn't kill him. Okay. So ultimately, Billy, who's right there, pulls out a gun, shoots him and kills him. Okay. So... The lost cell phone was planned out because their cell phone blocker thing didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the call goes through to Billy's cell, which he had purposely left at the house. And all three men actually left their devices at home. And Angela would open Facebook and scroll through there or answer text messages okay. or whatever. So that yeah. if they pulled phone records, uh-huh. it looked like the whole family was there and they could be each other's alibis. Right. Okay. So just another layer to the thought-out cover-up. So Billy kills Chris on the porch and then goes inside and shoots Gary. So remember, they have silencers, so Gary doesn't hear hear any of this. So uh, he shoots Gary a couple of times and kills him. Then they drag the bodies to the back bedroom, partially cover them up with a blanket. And at this point, Billy's really struggling. So Jake says when he comes out of the house, he's like full-on panic attack yeah like he because in theory it's easy to kill someone right like right in theory when you watch movies you don't think much of it but doing it is a totally separate oh, thing I'm sure yeah and it's, and his, it's best, his best friend yeah, his best friend yeah and so the guilt overtakes him and he's just, he just kind of freaks out so they're like okay you you take a minute <laughs> yeah they go in and jake picks up all of the shell casings and then they also take the victim's cell phones. And then they go to the grow site. So they all know what's going on. They know all where the cameras are. So they go to the grow se- site, disable all the cameras, 
mm-hmm. and get the hard drive. Okay. So after Chris and Gary are dead, Jake heads on foot over to Frankie and Hazel's trailer. Because remember, it's just within walking uh-huh. distance. He attempts to open the door with his knife, but it won't budge. So he, and this is where the damage to the metal around the door uh-huh. occurs. But then he enters the home through an open window, walks to the couple's bedroom, shoots them both several times as they are sleeping in their bed, collects the shell casing, disables the cameras, takes their cell phones, leaves. Okay. The three men then all go over together to Dana's trailer. And this is a three bedroom. So if you've never been in a mobile home, usually like the front room, kitchen area are all in one. Uh And then you walk down a narrow hallway Uh and there's two bedrooms on one side, one on the other, or there's three bedrooms on one side. Theirs is one that's like three bedrooms all kind of close together. Or I'm sorry, two bedrooms close together. And that's where Dana... And Hannah's rooms are. And then at the opposite end of the trailer is where Chris's bedroom is. Okay. So they enter the trailer um, and their door is open. And Jake goes in first. And he testifies that he kind of peeks in. Both of their bedroom doors are open. And Hannah's lying on the bed asleep in her room. And Dana was lying in her bed. But she was awake, kind of propped up looking at her cell phone. Okay. So while standing in the hallway... Jake hears Kylie, who's the new four-day-old infant, uh-huh. wake up with a little cry, which stirs Hannah awake. So Hannah wakes up, kind of leans up on her elbow, leans over to check on her newborn, and he doesn't want her to see him. Yeah. So he kind of takes a couple strides to the opposite end of the hall, and that's when Dana sees him. So she oh. lets out like an audible gasp, and so Jake just shoots her immediately before she can scream. Yeah. He immediately turns toward Hannah, who has now, like, heard some of the commotion. Yeah. Sat up in her bed, and he says that she's looking straight at him, and he just shoots her. Oh, no. Then he goes back to Dana and shoots her a second time to make sure she's dead. Goes back to Hannah's room and shoots her a second time with her newborn daughter, Kylie, just wow. a foot away. How callous. Like, right? How? I just... And, like, this is the... Mother of your child. And by all accounts, oh, yeah. he's yeah, admitted. I forgot, I forgot that He's part too. admitted that, like, he wanted things to work. Like, he did not want the relationship to end. And that he really, like, loved her. Like, he wanted to marry her. Wow. So, he's like, I I had hopes that she would take me back at some point. No, because you're a shit stick. Yeah. And she knew it. Yeah. So, he then walks over to little Chris's room, who's asleep in his bed. And shoots him. He picks up the shell casings. And when he goes back to Hannah's room to get the shell casings, that's when he noticed that Hannah slipped off the bed slightly. So Jake repositions her, pops her boob out. Oh, wow. Puts Kylie next to her to allow Kylie to breastfeed. In case, and he says he does this, in case the bodies aren't located for a while, I didn't want the baby to starve. What? The actual F. I mean, thank you, but so, yeah, so twisted. Okay, and listen to this, because this is even more effed up about this situation. So when Hannah gets pregnant, her and Jake had still been intimate. So Jake's like, hey, could this baby be mine? Oh. And she's like, nope, it's not yours. It's this other guy's. Um, named Charlie Gilly, who's Han- Hazel Gilly's 
brother. Okay. It's also it's not even her boyfriend right? that she had. No. Oh, no. Okay. So tell she tells him that it's not your son, but Jake admitted that he hoped Kylie was his daughter and they had done a paternity test, which later it's proved he wasn't the father okay. and it was Charlie's baby. Okay. But you're telling me that not knowing for sure, and you think that this little four-day-old baby could be yours? Yeah. You kill her mom in front of her, and then you leave her in a pool of her mom's blood to fend for herself, hopeful that she might be able to make it to the breast to breastfeed so that she doesn't starve. Well, and knowing that she could possibly be your biological daughter. Yeah. Like, you sick Son of a bitch. Well, and you you do, like, after someone dies, she's not just going to make endless milk no. to feed a baby if no one finds a body for days. No. And like, <laughs> what, like, what do you think is happening there? Like, And it's a four-day-old baby. Like, that boob has to be put in the baby's mouth. Yeah, or be they're like, not going to The nipple's got to be, be like, touching to, like, her face. Crawl over and get <laughs> right? it. You know? And how many times, like, when you're sleeping with a baby like that, and they, like... I mean, they don't roll over at that age, no. but, like, just your weight yeah. on the mattress mm-hmm. can make them roll right, yeah. towards you. Like, she could have suffocated. So many things could have happened. Oh, yeah. So many things could have gone wrong I mean, in even this situation. moved into a certain position and, like, been face down in the blood and, like, drowned. Yeah. You know, like, um, like inhaled, like, a pool of blood. Like, And you did this not knowing for sure if she was even your daughter yet. And you wanted it to be your kid. You wanted and this you're to be so baby. protective of Sophie, but then you're basically like, eh, I mean, I'm not killing this kid. No, like, I'm... thank you for not killing the kids. But at the same time, like, what? People don't really, I mean, especially people like this, because they're just obviously idiots. But even if a child is too young to understand what is happening, like yeah. that it's a murder, my mom's not coming, like any sure. of that stuff, that's a traumatic event that can affect them as an adult and they'll never understand why or realize i mean obviously these kids would know because people would probably tell them like this is why you don't have parents but yeah. like children witnessing like horrific things even as yeah. very very small people that are not talking or functioning like you you know understanding what was going on it will affect their brain it makeup absolutely will and the one little boy, Brentley, was three. Oh, that's awful. So he kind of knows what's going I, on. My first memory is not a good memory, and it is I was about three. Like, you and it know was what's a traumatic. Happening? It was a traumatic event. Yeah, <laughs> and I was about three. So, like, it's so messed up. That kind of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Just so <laughs> after all of that, the three men exit the trailer, and George drives their truck. And Jake and Billy get into Chris Sr.'s truck, drive his truck in case somebody sees them going to Kenneth's house. Because okay. it's like three or four in the morning at this point. And this is this is Chris's brother, right? Yes. Kenneth is his older brother. Yes. Okay. So they take Chris Sr.'s truck. Okay. So it looks like Billy he's just going Jake, to his brother's house. Yes. Go in the truck. George drives their murder mobile. <laughs> and they drive the 10 minutes to Kenneth's house. Billy goes into Kenneth's house alone, shoots him in the head once, and quickly exits. They then collect several trail cameras around the area, the shell casing, and leave the house. Okay. And on the way back to Chris's house, 
So George didn't go to the house. He kind of pulled off on one of the side streets and was keeping watch and disabling other cameras. And so Uh Billy, they're driving by and Billy takes a flashlight out and flashes the light at George saying, okay, it's done. Follow us back. They return to Chris's, Chris Sr.'s house, leave the truck in the driveway, and then they all drive to their house where Angela has stayed up all night waiting to hear the news. And is and she's there with all of the kids. So okay. Bovine <laughs> Bovine and Sophie are under her care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so terrible. So they strip down once they get home, they strip down to their underwear. Jake collects all of the clothes, the floor mats from the truck, and anything that he can burn, puts it into a barrel and burns it to ash, then discards the ash in the garbage can. Anything that doesn't burn, he puts in a duffel bag, and both he and George dig a hole in their barn, which I guess was under construction, so there was like a bunch of stuff in there, Okay, and bury the evidence. Billy takes the truck, the modified truck, Mm -hmm. he gets rid of the false compartment, and then he goes to one of their family members, who by all accounts is like this young female, and they're like, hey, we have this truck, and we don't need it anymore, so do you want it? And she's like... Hell yeah, I'll take a free truck. Yeah. So she's stoked, not knowing that it was the freaking murder murder mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then Jake takes the firearms. Now this is, it's just, this is another one of the smart areas. So he takes the firearms, he grinds them down, and then using this special torch, starts to melt the metal and tries to destroy them. He even says that he focuses on the firing pins the barrel, and the serial number because he knows that's what can be traced back with evidence. Okay. Okay. So I just felt like this was like some serious MacGyver shit. Yeah. So when a gun is fired, the firing pin of the gun leaves a very unique and distinct mark on uh, from each gun on the bullet. Uh-huh. And that's how they can determine a specific gum, gun was used in a specific crime. So he's trying to destroy all of that so that they, even if they find the guns, uh-huh. it can never linked, be linked back to them. Okay. So he's picking apart uh, the parts of the gun that can be traced back to the murders. So all the gun parts couldn't be destroyed completely. Like the stuff he had didn't melt them completely yeah. like he was hoping. So he takes the parts and digs up the bag of any remaining evidence that they had hid for a while. Mm-hmm. Like this takes a few days to do all of this. And he's got some cement mixture because they're doing okay. all of this barn stuff. Uh-huh. So he puts all of the remaining evidence and mixes it into a cement mixture and makes cement blocks. Who would think to do this? I mean, that's a pretty smart idea. Who, right? I was like, that's brilliant. And then listen to this next part. So then they're like, okay, now we got to figure out something clever to do with these cement blocks that I just hid all of our evidence in. Yeah. Um, so his grandpa, it was either close to father, his his birthday and father's day are very close. Okay. So Jake's like, I need to get him a present. I'm going to build him a duck house. So it's like this floating duck house that ducks can go like get shelter in or okay. mate in or whatever. I guess it's very common in Ohio. Okay. I have no clue. <laughs> but he makes him a duck house that floats on the lake and uses the cement blocks as anchors to hold the duck house in place. Okay. 
So all the evidence is now in cement blocks at the bottom of the lake, disguised as a birthday slash Father's Day to his grandpappy. Wow. What? I mean, had he not said anything, they would have probably never... The police come out and say that. They're like, we would have never, ever found this. No. And even with the few things that they had, I don't think they could have had enough evidence to convict them on anything. Because they had no clue. Like, like those shell casings were found on their property. But they had no clue that, like, Like who who actually shot shot them. them. And was it there before they even bought the property? Yeah, was it friends that they had come over to shoot? Like, they don't have a gun to match it with now. Yeah. So they would have never, ever been caught, I don't think. That is brilliant. Ever. Why have, why have, um, more, like, why have not, <laughs> I'm trying to say this. <laughs> <laughs> why are there not more killers that have hidden their evidence in cement? Like, I know. I feel like that is, I was kind like, of, is a, what? My I mind mean, was literally blown. I don't like that he, that that was like, such a brilliant idea, but I do like that he sung and told everything so that right? we know. But that, like, is a really... like, And they're just these dumb redneck... Yeah. Like, it's just this... When you hear them talk and... But those are the type... When they're, like, interviewing them, they have to say... They have to ask for clarification on a lot of the <laughs> words they use. Like, they're just dumb Idiots. hillbillies. Yeah, but that's... But I... this is, like... Next level. Yeah, criminals are always, I always think, like, if you put that much effort into, like, something good, like, imagine what you could do. Because they always, I mean, even when I was a kid and I was working at, like, the gas stations and I had, you know, learn about, like, some of the stuff people do to, like, steal money from you from the register. I was like, I would have never, like, I would have never thought of that. Like, my brain does not function in that smart and not street smart. And these people are street smart as hell and not book smart. No, no. Yeah. I mean, even one lady I worked with who was, like, a mom and just, like, sweetest lady. And she ended up getting fired for stealing money. We were selling Razor scooters, you know, and she'd ring them up and then, like, take their money. But then void. I don't even remember exactly. Then she'd pocket the money. And I remember... I was like 17 probably. And I was like, I would have never thought to do that. Like it would have never crossed my mind. And I would never dare do it because I just am a rule follower. But I was like, I would have never thought to do that. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, I went to the mall with one of my friends and we weren't like great friends. We just started working together and she was older than me. And so she could drive and I couldn't. And we went from Evanston down to Salt Lake. We thought we were super cool. Mm -hmm. And she stole lipstick. Uh-huh. From one of the department stores. And I was like, what? Like, you did what? And I didn't even see her do it. Yeah. Okay? So she gets out and she's like, look what I just did. And I was like, what? I went back and paid for it. Because I was like, <laughs> this guilt, I didn't even do it. And I would feel so guilty forever. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. there's no way I could do this. No, I, yeah, there's no way I could still, like, even, yeah, even just still something like that. Yeah, like, As and I would be no. terrified. Like, I would oh. be one of those people that you knew had just stolen something because I'm, like, an idiot. Oh, yeah. And I'd be, like, looking around, like, all sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the person you want to take out if you want to have, like, a quote-unquote good time. <laughs> yeah. I will not be any fun. Yeah, we're not and, your girls. No. We're nope. not your girls. Yeah. But so. They they are, like, they're not, they're not smart people. Like, intel- they're not intelligent people. These criminals, like, they know how to do some shit where you're like, I would have never thought. What? My brain would have never gone there. Yeah. Ever. Nope. Nope. It was beyond, like, the comprehension of my brain. I was like, what? 
That well, is, he did what? Yeah, that is like... Like, it's impressive. So smart. Yeah. I was like, okay. My mind was blown reading all of this. Yeah. So, what an idiot. He should have just, like... I mean, they did arrest him, but, like, nothing was... They didn't... They couldn't prove shit. Yeah, if like, he would have just kept his mouth shut, and the whole family had the same story, and everyone did such a good job at sticking to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have all this circumstantial evidence. Take me to trial. See what happens. Yeah. You're not going to c- get a conviction on this. Yeah. But he was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> and now he just took down his whole, whole family. family. Yeah. I'm sure they're like, God damn it, Jake. Right? <laughs> like this, we just, we did this for you. This was your daughter. Right? This was He's your like, initial plan. Like, no. what the hell? He was like, I just wanted to kill <laughs> Hannah and her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys. You took this to a next level. <laughs> wanted to kill everybody else. You so. went all mafia on us. So, <laughs> I, yeah. So I am telling. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rita Newcomb, and remember, she's Angela's mom that kind of forged yes. the documents. She ends up pleading guilty to obstructing official police investigation and the prosecutors dropped the forgery and obstruction and perjury charges. Okay. So I could never find what she was actually sentenced to, but the max was 90 days in jail. Oh, so okay. Probably not much. Then, yeah. Right. So Jake pleads guilty to 22 charges, including the eight murder charges, wow. and is sentenced to eight life terms to run consecutively, Plus, more than 100 additional years for the other charges without the possibility of parole. So he will absolutely spend 400 years in prison and be somebody's bitch. I don't know. I love when they, like, give you a shit ton of life sentences and then they're like, and another 100 years. And just for good measure, you get this, too. And the pinch to grow on. Yeah, I'm like, yes. I love it. I love it when I hear these. Oh, um, he's 22. He's tw- yeah, 22. Oh, well, he was, let's see, he no. was 21 at the time of the murders. Okay. So he's, but early twenties, but this has happens in like, they don't. So because of COVID, COVID and all the stuff they that happened didn't go to trial forever, huh? They didn't go to trial forever. Yeah. Like he was sentenced in 2022. Oh, okay. And the murders happened in 2016. So, so it was but he's a long still time. like twenty seven. But like, and they were they were in jail. I'm arrested sure. like just under two years after the murders. And then they're in jail that whole time waiting for yeah trial. So but I think it ended up. It was kind of cool life, because though. the on the fifth anniversary is when he got sentenced. Oh, nice of the murders. Yeah, so. it's just like your whole like your whole, your entire, whole entire life is gonna be whole in entire life jail slash prison. Yep. yep. <sighs> And then knowing that Jake basically effed him over, <laughs> Angela's like, fine. <laughs> so she pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, aggravated burglary, obstruction of justice, tampering with evidence, and almost a dozen other charges. Because she pleads guilty, they drop the eight counts of murder for her. Oh, And okay. she is sentenced to 30 years in prison Without the possibility of Pearl. Okay. So she's probably life. Because that's Jake's mom. Right? No. Yeah, that's Jake's mom. But she's still only in her... She's was in her 40s when the murder happened. She was like 40. So 70s. Who so, knows if she'll live long yeah. enough to get out. But yeah. Pretty. So, the rest of pretty, her... Pretty The much. rest of her like... Yeah, pretty of much. her like good part of her life. Yeah. And then Georgie the 4th. He pled not guilty 
And in his trial, he reports that he wasn't even at the crime scenes, but was in bed sleeping the night of the murders. He claims that he had no involvement in the plan, in the planning, and that he had nothing to do with it. So uh, the shoe prints, though, place him in the exact location that Jake claims he was in at yeah. Dana's trailer. There's no DNA evidence to link him, but he was a part of the planning process, and both Angela and Jake testified to this. So even though he didn't pull the trigger, which they all admit that he did yeah. not kill anybody, yeah. according to the law, he's just as guilty. So also, Angela used, because he claimed he had no idea what was going on. He had he was not responsible for this at all. Yeah. But you remember the cell phone jammer Angela purchased. So it was over $600. She used George's credit card to buy oh. this. And so his credit card fraud company called him to confirm <laughs> this purchase. And he's like, yep, that's us and authorized it. Oh. So they had that, too, to go on. I would. I mean, I don't know how what I would do, like, as a mom. I don't know how easy it would be. Like, if we're all in trouble, I would probably not want to testify against my kid. I wouldn't. You know, because, like, we're already all in trouble, like... It's not like I'm an innocent person and my kid did something bad. In that case, I would be like, you have to turn yourself in. But if we're all shit people, we're all doing shitty things. Well, like, and basically to save your own ass. because Yeah, and then you're, and yeah, you're rolling I, on your kid. Yeah, like that, I also I, didn't agree with this because they said that he's just as culpable, right? After eight hours, the jury convicts him on the 22 counts. He's sentenced to basically around 121 years <laughs> without parole. But... Angela had just as much to do with the planning. She actually purchased this stuff. She was, yeah. in my, in, by all accounts, even more involved. Yeah. And she didn't pull a trigger. Just because But she they didn't. got rid of, all, they dropped all of her murder charges yeah. for her to plead guilty. But then she testifies against her son, who also didn't technically kill anybody. Yeah. But was just involved in, like, the planning aspect. And he, like, was taking down trail cams, right? Like, while yeah. they were doing the other murder. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was just, so he was doing stuff like what she was doing, only she was doing it back at the house. Exactly. To make it look like they were all but still at the house. But he gets 121 years. That's and a, he's he's a young guy, too. Yeah, I mean. And she gets 30? Yeah, I mean, if you honestly, like, obviously I'm a woman and I, <laughs> I you know, think we deserve equal rights and everything but if you do look like in the justice system women tend to get lesser yeah. sentences than yeah. men i thought this was kind of bs yeah because I, I was too. like um what's the difference well and she's like the one that's behind her kid like we need to get custody we need yeah. to do this like and she's like literally the original Hannah's, like facebook yeah. messages yeah. chased the other ex with a gun like, yeah. she's freaking crazy, yeah. and she's, like, a driving force in this whole Absolutely. case. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. So Billy, the father, has pled not guilty, but he has not gone to trial yet. So he's not scheduled to go oh. to trial till 2024. So he is not convicted, and as of now, all of his involvement is alleged, right? But we have to assume his trial will go somewhat similar. Yeah. To the others. And lastly, Sophie is in the custody of the state. Oh, so you basically I mean, 
killed the mom. Dad goes to prison. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of family left because no, he, he took them out too. <laughs> killed everybody. So you just like screwed your daughter over. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Well done. I mean, I hope she gets like is with some nice. I hope loving so. family. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. And sometimes kids go to the state and then they have real shit lives. Yeah. So that's sad. So sad. All well, what? What all the kids? All of them. Yeah. Like, are they all? Well, so from what I read, Ruger, the six-month-old of Frankie and uh-huh. Hazel, and Kylie, the four-year-old, are being raised by a family member of the Gillies. I think. Okay, because because it was Charlie oh, because Gillies, Charlie's baby, and then so his sister's like cousins. baby. Yeah. So they're like cousins. Okay. Oh, that's just terrible. Yep. That is that is a lot of like widespread net they threw out there just to try to get custody of this one little girl. Right? All of that for custody. When he already had half custody. Yeah, it's not like he wasn't seeing her. Like it's not like sh- like Hannah was like, "Nope, you're not going to see yeah. this kid. You get to see I him think, twice a month." I think part of it was that he was pissed that she was with someone else. I agree. And that it not that he, I don't even know if he really thought he this guy was going to molest his daughter. I think he just was pissed that she was with someone else. And maybe they were, you know, seemingly really happy. Yeah. And it pissed him off that his daughter was going to be maybe raised by, you know, not Somebody fully else. raised, but like have another man in the house. And yeah. he was jealous. Yep. That's what I think it was, jealousy. Man. And he came forward all because he did feel some guilt, which we have to say, like, that's good that you felt something, right? Yeah. But when he testifies, like, you can see, you can hear his voice. You can, he actually got it so you couldn't, they couldn't record it. But you can, you can go and watch Angela's trial and George's. Okay. I watched hours and hours and hours (laughs) and hours and hours of this. And I found all of the court records. You could hear him. Uh Like, you could hear his voice. You just couldn't see him. And he just sounds like cool as a cucumber, like just going into detail about this. And I could have made this case like so many parts, but I tried to sum it up because there was so much involved. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Sad. Very, very sad. I'd never heard of that before. So yeah, I hadn't either. I'm like, how did we not hear more? I mean, there's so many murders. It's hard to (laughs) it's hard to keep up these days. Yeah, true. All right. Well, please, 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 please rate and review us. Yes, that's that's how we get like moved up in like the podcast world. (laughs) I can't think of the right words, but like rate, you know, review us on on if you have like Apple podcasts, that's one of the best ones. Like rate and review us, please. Um, We've we have a handful of reviews on there. And we have a 4.9, which is nice, but we need some more. So if you guys just yeah, just take a second. Um, tell your friends and family, like, just rate and review us, please. Yes, please. Um, that would be the greatest. Yeah. I think we looked and we're over, like, we're, like, over 8,200 downloads or yeah. something total. So, we're getting downloads, but we just need yeah need more, more. more reviews. Reviews so. are great. Follow us on all of our things. If you want to donate, go to patreon.com slash Sinners Among Saints podcast. But if you can't donate, then just rate and review us. Yeah, please. We appreciate it. Yeah. Greatly. Please. And um, keep sending us cases. I know mm-hmm. if you've sent us cases and we haven't done it, it seems like 
we send we say send us cases and then we're not doing it. But it's we just will. we have a list and we will get to it, but we always, always need new cases. Yeah. So please send it to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And remember to keep listening if you want in on the sin. Bye, Bye. guys.